my practice with the cold is intentional and mindful and grounding and challenging. And I have all of these tools and tips and techniques that I use through the cold and elsewhere in life. It all just like came together. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Over the past 20 plus years, I have managed to wean myself off almost all drugstore remedies. However, there has been one that was hard to let go of, and that was cough syrup. Now, I rarely get sick because of the lifestyle I lead, thankfully. But every once in a while, cold or flu will sneak in. And uh, when that happens, I do not like having a cough. So I've uh, often been uh, you know, put in a position where I've got to go get some of that super toxic cough syrup from the drugstore because I just want relief. Well, the good news is for me and possibly for you is that our sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals, the ultimate bee product company, came out recently with their incredible Bee Soothe cough syrup. So as a result, I've officially ditched the old school drugstore stuff and I'll just keep my natural medicine cabinet stocked up with this particular product. Unlike the pharmaceutical cough syrups, the only downside I can see at this point to the Bee Soothed cough syrup that it tastes so damn good. It's actually kind of difficult to not just drink it as an elixir. And you could because it doesn't have anything other than amazing bee products in it. The reason Bee Soothed is so badass is because it's naturally powered by potent natural ingredients like pure buckwheat honey, elderberry, chaga mushroom, bee propolis, and olive leaf extract. So it doesn't have any drugs, dyes, dirty chemicals, sugars, none of that stuff. So I recommend taking it the moment you start to feel run down or get that little tickle of a sore throat. So to get your hands on some Bee Soothed cough syrup, here's what you do. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S. Beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke Story is the site you want to visit because if you use that link, you're going to get 15% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke Story. Due to eating a bunch of crappy food and living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle earlier in life, uh, I did a lot of damage to my gut. So I've been working on restoring my gut health for a long time. And I recently discovered something from a company called bodybio.com that has completely changed the game. It's been incredible. I did some gut testing with my doctor, Dr. Scott Schur, and he found that I was low in something called butyrate. And I was like, what's butyrate? And he said, well, you're supposed to have it in your gut and you don't. So this company from Body Bio makes this product called butyrate. Butyrate is a postbiotic. It's a short chain fatty acid that promotes a healthy microbiome, improves gut function, supports a healthy inflammation response, and improves cell health on the genetic level by protecting DNA. So I did these tests and I started taking this butyrate product by Body Bio and uh, recently retested and the problem solved. It's incredible. I love when you can test something, take a product, and then it works. Butyrate is a postbiotic that's produced by your microbiome in the gut. So when we feed our gut cells in the microbiome the right foods, primarily resistant starch and soluble fiber, then the microbiome is super happy and appropriately regulates the immune system by producing this important molecule called butyrate. 
The problem is, like the problem was for me, that most of us don't eat enough foods to get healthy levels of butyrate, especially those of us on the keto and paleo diets. I would say I'm paleo-ish. Try to be keto, sometimes I fail. So butyrate is just an incredible supplement to add to your digestive health regimen. Uh, this is the number one recommended butyrate supplement by integrative and functional practitioners. And as I said, it's had a hugely positive impact on my gut health and digestion after doing those labs. So I got in it for about two months and my levels were completely restored to normal. I keep taking it periodically just to make sure that they stay normal. So if you're someone who wants to improve your gut health and digestion, here is what you do. Go to bodybio.com. That's B-O-D-Y-B-I-O, bodybio.com. And when you get over to the site, you can use the code LUKE20 to save 20% off all of your products. That's bodybio.com. Oh boy, I am stoked on this episode, guys. It's been a long time coming. This one's called Chill Out, the Ice Bath Revolution with Morosco Forges, Jason Stoffer, and Adrian Jezik. And if you know anything about me, you know that I've been doing cold therapy for two decades and listeners will know that I have tried just about every method of ice baths from the most high-end professional sports models to homemade chest freezers and of course, any frozen body of water that I can find and get my body into. Now, some months ago, I found a company called Morosco Forge and was intrigued by their design due to the use of ozone as a disinfectant and their tub's ability to maintain a desired temperature as well as actually creating ice unlike any other commercial or personal grade ice bath on the market. So these guys really piqued my interest. Now, as fate would have it, I found their baths in use at a place called Optimize in Phoenix, Arizona when Allison and I were en route to Texas and had to stop there to wait out the big winter storm that had just befallen this lovely city of Austin. Now, I was further stoked to learn that Morosco's headquarters was right there in Phoenix. So I hit them up and stopped by to see their incredible operation. It's like the Willy Wonka factory of ice baths. I also got a personal Morosco method session with Adrian and had a chance to chill with the team. No pun intended, of course. That was, I have to say, probably the coldest ice bath of my life. And I stayed in for maybe, I don't know, four or five minutes. And then we tried to have a conversation about having them on the show and getting to know them. And I could barely talk even after jumping in and out of the infrared sauna in their demo room. Uh, Wow, it was quite an experience. So after meeting them, I knew that we had to sit down for an in-depth exploration of all things cold. Because despite the fact that I've been such a proponent of cold therapy for so long, I've never actually done a dedicated episode all about it. And I guess fate was instructing me to wait for the just right guest. And I believe we've found two of them. Here's a quick breakdown of what we discuss in this conversation. How Jason, Adrian, and their partner Tom met. What led them to get into cold therapy in the first place. The wild process that went into the creation of the Morosco Forge Baths the downsides of making your own and the safety concerns thereof, the power of the Morosco method, the mental, emotional, and spiritual benefits of cold exposure, and of course, the scientifically proven benefits of cold therapy, like how cold helps hormones and fat burning, and then the battle of pre-workout versus post-workout ice bathing, the benefits of hot and cold contrast, why cold water is supreme over cryotherapy, which uses cold air, the Morosco Method coach training program that these guys developed, why ozone is the safest water disinfectant for a tub, the best temperature and duration for a cold session and how often to do it, 
where they see the cold therapy industry going moving forward. And I want to let you know that by the end of this conversation, some of you will likely want to get a Morosco Forge tub of your own for your home or business. And these guys have been kind enough to offer our listeners a super sweet deal. If you go to moroscoforge.com and use the code LUKE150, you'll receive a $150 discount on a cold forge and filtered forge model, or use the code LUKE500 to receive a $500 discount on the purchase of their Prism Forge model, which is kind of the Rolls-Royce of Morosco Forge ice baths. Again, the site is moroscoforge.com. Of course, you can find all of that information linked and coded in the show notes. So there you go with a little love from our guests. And if you find value in this episode, please take a moment to share it with a friend or two, especially that friend you're thinking of right now who fears the cold. I believe people that have a hard time with cold temperatures are the ones that might, in fact, benefit from this conversation the most. Because, of course, we not only talk about the physical benefits of cold therapy, which are quite widely known, but due to the creation of the Morosco method, we, of course, go into depth about the emotional, mental, and spiritual benefits. And I think if someone could really grasp what's there for them with cold as their teacher, even someone who thinks they hate the cold might truly benefit. So with that, I invite you to share in learning about one of the most powerfully life-enhancing practices on earth, cold therapy. Enjoy the show. For those listening, we met uh, a couple months back or so. Time is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah it was time a, is really it nebulous. It was a couple months back. Yes, you. I think you're on. You were on your way to Austin at the time. Yeah, so we had stopped um, in Phoenix in route to moving here to Texas, and uh, got essentially mo- marooned there because of the storm here in Texas. And I was not mad at that, even though I was eager to get here because it was 80 degrees and sunny and we had a quiet hotel kind of in Mesa, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was very sunny and they had a pool. And I started going to this place, Optimize Me, uh, which is the the biohacking center there in in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And they have a Morosco Forge cold plunge there and the saunas and all the things. So I just started going there every day. And then lo and behold, ended up at your... A uh, little Santa's elves workshop out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like it, I love. I'm like I love seeing how things are made. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun for me. A because I'm obsessed with cold exposure. B I'm always curious like what things look like and feel like before they're the final thing. So mm-hmm. really great to have had that experience and drop in with you guys and do what I think was probably the coldest and maybe longest and hardest to recover from ice bath of my whole life. When you put me in there and uh, Adrian and did your magic spells, which we're going to talk about, um, I just got so relaxed. I just kind of hung out in there and I thought, well, I might as well just stay. I feel great. Mm -hmm. And then we had kind of a business-ish chat afterward and it was extremely hard to talk because I was like, (laughs) I was like T-Rexing. I was so cold. And the sauna, I was, it was impervious to the sauna. It was that cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely the coldest on the market. Um, you know, it's a true, it's the true ice bath. Um, you know, versus a cold plunge. Uh, yes. So, you know, a lot of the other um, solutions out there, uh, they they don't really get um, below forty, um, and ours will get down to thirty two, thirty three degrees. Hot damn! 
All right. I got a bunch of questions for you guys. Right, let's do <laughs> awesome. it. Awesome. Let me get out my scroll. <laughs> First thing I want to ask y'all is how did you two meet? That is a really interesting um, story. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, I was bartending at a, uh, a restaurant in downtown Phoenix called Hanny's. It was uh, probably my, my second to last year of, of college, uh, uh, getting my engineering degree. Um, and I went back to school. I wasn't in my, it wasn't like in my early 20s. I went back to school when I was 29 on the GI Bill. Um, and so I was in my early thirties by that point. And, uh, Adrian was on a bad date. Uh, she showed up and sat at the bar, um, waiting for this young man, very young man that she had met at uh, a festival in Tempe, um, to show up for their first date. And he ended up being, uh, 45 minutes late, um, which you know, she was 15 minutes early. Uh, he was 45 minutes late, which meant that I had a good hour, um, to chat with this you know, beautiful woman who was sitting at the bar and, uh, <laughs> he, this poor kid, he, uh, you know, he walks in and I see, okay, the date has arrived, right? So now, now is my, my cue as a bartender to give them space and stop, you know, being flirty and friendly with uh, the woman at the bar. But I can still kind of hear what's going on. And uh, <laughs> he shows up and uh, he goes to give her a hug and, and Adrian uh, kind of stops him and says, you smell like cigarette smoke. You told me you didn't smoke. Oh, um, red flag. Yeah. Big and one. <laughs> the kid says, uh, well, sometimes I, I smoke when I, when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh, okay, so you lied to me about smoking. You're 45 minutes late and you've already been drinking. You know? uh, she says, you're welcome to sit down. Um, but just so you know, this is no longer a date. <laughs> you, know? wow. like you, you just ran. Your three strikes just went up real quick. Wow, I love your direct approach. And uh, some people do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Probably. No, no. <laughs> and he sits down and he's trying to argue his way back into like the date, which I I don't know what was going on in his mind. Um, uh, he tries telling her, he's like, "Well, just so you know, I'm not going to pay for your drink." And she's like, "It's a kettle dirty martini. You probably couldn't afford it anyways, you 23 year old dumbass." Uh, and then he starts he starts saying something about about uh, how she's being unreasonable. She's never going to meet a, a good man to, to give her children or some, some shit like that. And uh, she says, you know, well, I, I, I don't want children. Like, I, and why are you still trying to, like, you, if you think you're getting somewhere with this argument, you're really not. Um, so after 15, 20 minutes or so, he finally leaves. And I, I wrote my phone number on the back of a business card for the, for the restaurant. And I, I, uh, I slid it over to her and I said, you know, I, I quit smoking three years ago. I, I have two children from a former marriage. I don't want any more. Um, so <laughs> basically, here, I think I'm the guy that you were, that you were wanting to meet tonight. <laughs> and uh, uh, she, uh, she gave me her phone number and I called her the next day. And then we went out on a date, I think, uh, that Monday or Tuesday. Um, and we've kind of been together ever since. How long has that been? Almost nine, nine years. years. Yeah, wow. nine years this yeah. fall. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, later on, I'd like to, if we have time, because there's so many other things I want to cover pertinent to this niche topic, but mm -hmm. I would love to uh, perhaps get into how you 
balance the working together part of your mm. relationship. I know that's something many people do and some people do it better than others. And you guys seem to have a great synergy. So bookmark that. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Adrian, do you remember your first cold exposure or ice bath experience and what led you into participating in that? That's a great question. I do remember. I don't know if I'll ever forget it. It's emblazoned in my physical muscle memory and my mind. Uh, I was really sick. In my early 30s, I was diagnosed with three separate autoimmune conditions, Hashimoto's, eosinophilic esophagitis, and urticaria. About three or four years into my illness, I gained 50 pounds. I was taking more than 20 plus prescription medications a day and two live antibody shots a month from an allergist. I was seeing four or five specialists regularly. I had tried naturopath, acupuncture, vitamins, supplements, cleanses, detoxes. I mean, I'd really overhauled my life and I wasn't getting better. And Jason had been introduced to deliberate cold exposure, specifically to ice baths through a friend of ours, a yoga instructor in Phoenix, Gordon Ogden. And he would host these kind of Wim Hof breath work ice baths at his house here and there at random, but I was never able to make it. And so Jason had the idea that we would just get our own tub, buy a whole bunch of ice, set it up in our backyard and hold a session. And now keeping in mind, I grew up in Florida. I lived in Hawaii. Phoenix summers are my favorite time of year. I am all about the heat. I love the heat. And I used to get angry at anything below 70 degrees. Like, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant. I was talking to Allison yeah, about this. You're sitting in a restaurant. She's the same way. Yeah. And like you're cold. You can't even focus on a meal or a conversation because you become emotionally dysregulated just from this temperature. And that's how I explained that I was truly at my wit's end and ready to try anything. And it was also coming up in a lot of the books that I was reading, uh, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. At this point, I think I'd begun Scott Carney's What Doesn't Kill Us. And even Ernest Hemingway talked about um, fasting and being in the cold and being cold in order to kind of jolt his system. So there were a lot of little things that were happening that said, you have to try this. You have to at least try this. And I thought, you know... At that point, I really would have tried anything. You know, if you'd have put ladybugs in front of me and said, take a ladybug cocktail, like I would have tried it. Uh, So we got all the ice. We sat in the backyard. We did a breathwork session and then went over to the tub and it was filled with ice. I don't think it was 32, 33. I think it was probably in the high 30s, low 40s because especially in Phoenix at this time, it was October 2017, November 2017. Uh, So I don't think it was that cold, but there was definitely a lot of ice. And what I did was I positioned my body over the tub. So if you could imagine this, I had one foot on each side and I had one hand on each side. And my brilliant idea was to just let go, drop myself in, hold my breath as long as I could and see what I could do. I lasted nine seconds. (laughs) I jumped out. I freaked out. And I felt amazing. For the first time in years, I had relief from pain in my legs. Uh, For the first time in years, I had a sense of self-empowerment. Like I hadn't experienced so purely, I think probably in all of my life. 
it was that empowerment of, I never in a million years would have thought I could do something like that. It didn't matter that it was only nine seconds. That nine seconds was enough to completely change my life. And quite quickly, I just wanted to do, to do it again. I don't know that I did it again that day. I don't think that I did, but it was only a couple, maybe three weeks later that we did another backyard session and we started doing this more regularly on Sundays. Just invite a friend, they bring two bags of ice. We all you know, do a breath work, we throw our ice in and it just became an instant craving. Like I felt like an instant ice addict because of this this feeling of empowerment and this relief of pain and inflammation. And it amazed me. It amazed me that I survived. Yeah. I think a lot of people find that when they take their first plunge, uh, it feels like at times, because your nervous system is signaling this, that you are about to die. Mm. I think about that just evolutionarily speaking, right? If any human fell in a body of water that was 33 degrees, uh, it's not good news, right? So- we have this signaling that's like, and that's the effect people have. And I can't wait to go into uh, your perspective on how to not do it this way. But any virgins that I've popped into an ice bath, unless I coach them otherwise, are going to get in and go. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's like, that's what your nervous system is doing to protect you and tell you to get the hell out of there. But you know, when, when like you said, you can start to um, acclimate to it and build it into a practice like you guys now teach. Um, be incredibly powerful. So I see why it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, sir, mm-hmm. um, what I'm curious about, because you have an engineering background, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, education-wise, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious about the process, again, because I just love learning how the way things work. What did the tinkering look like for you to go from the homemade tub, which she described, which I've had many iterations of, but mm-hmm. I suck at engineering, so never developed something you know, feasible, uh, what was the tinkering like and when did you eventually kind of strike gold as you have now? Because you guys have the most insane cold tubs ever, uh, in my opinion. And I'm going to be really excited to get one soon. Uh, but I have been in them. So, you know, what did you start to take apart and tinker around with to get you to something that actually worked? So, yeah, my, my education is uh, in uh, civil, uh, environmental, and sustainable engineering. Uh, I didn't go into that field after graduation. I kind of fell out of love uh, with the idea of being, of actually being a civil engineer. Uh, and so I found my way into uh, healthcare systems and pharmaceutical analytics. That's just kind of what I ended up finding after college. Um, so I have, I had like a little bit of the, the technical uh, education and uh, our business partner, Tom, he's a professor of engineering, uh, PhD at Arizona State University, which is how he and I met. Uh, and so he had a lot of the, the technical background, but that really doesn't get you as far as you would think. You know, it, it was important. It got us through some, some pretty um, significant gaps when we were doing that tinkering and that, those, those early experiments. But really it came down to, I destroyed, uh, you know, a few uh, refrigerators in my backyard. I just pull, started pulling them apart, um, trying to figure out, you know, how does this work? Like what, what makes the cold? Where does, where does the thermal energy, uh, uh, 
go into and where does it dissipate to? That's kind of, that's one of the really important um, technical education backgrounds is understanding that cold actually doesn't exist. Cold is not a thing. Cold is the absence of thermal energy. So, um, oh, right. yeah, so it's kind it's, of like darkness and, and light, right? Yeah. Yeah. Darkness doesn't exist. It's just the absence it's of the light. Absence of light. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's neat. Never thought and about so that. Um, in, in a refrigeration process, uh, the refrigeration process isn't making things cold, it's drawing heat out. And so inside of a refrigerator, you put something in there that's, you know, maybe 50, 60 degrees, and it's going to go down to, you know, 40 or 35 or whatever you've got it set at. That thermal energy is being drawn out and it has to be dissipated somewhere. And so taking crowbars and saws and and screwdrivers to these (laughs) refrigerators, which are not at all designed to come apart, um, was really the uh, the early uh, proof of concepts and tinkerings uh, that I did, uh, and the first the first experiment was you know I had, I had found the the cold you know the cold making plate which I just reverse myself. It's not making cold, it's pulling heat out. <laughs> right. But uh, what I would later um, figure out is called an evaporator. Uh, and I pulled that out and I just uh, dipped it into a styrofoam um, cooler that had water in it. I put the styrofoam lid on the top and I left the whole thing running overnight. So I, I wanted to understand, does it work this way? Um, so does something that, that removes heat from you know, uh, an air environment inside of a refrigerator, is that going to work inside of water? You know, is it going to, is it going to keep up? Is it going to be able to draw that thermal energy out? And the next morning I I went out there and sure enough, yeah, it does work that way. I had a nice little ice block. (laughs) And so then just, uh, just running different experiments and iterating forward, you know, we really didn't even set out uh, for this to be a consumer product. Uh, The initial idea was that we just wanted to have an all the time uh, ice bath in our backyard. You know, we were solving our, our our own problems. We didn't really, we hadn't really discovered that there was a gap in the market and this kind of awakening of people finding this this therapy and wanting to be able to do it on a more regular basis. We hadn't found that yet. We were just like, we want this seven yeah, days a week. Yeah. I, and, I, I imagine that a lot of great innovations come as a result of just not only, you know, a gap in the market later on, but a gap in something that you just want to be on the market and doesn't exist. Absolutely. So you just, yeah. I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Somebody should do something about this. Yeah. Well, I'm somebody. Yeah. Um, and so uh, <laughs> from there, uh, I tore apart a couple more uh, refrigerators. One of them was a really uh, big, like actual uh, large freezer that we were using. Because uh, one of the solutions we tried before this was, can we make our own ice blocks so that we're not going to the store every week and buying 200 pounds of ice? I was using um, like Costco pretzel containers that I'd cut in half and like salsa tubs, Costco salsa tubs and trying to make ice ice blocks all Giant week long. ice cubes? Yeah. And I, I was <laughs> doing funny. it and it was like, you know, an hour and a half of work every night to try to get the ice block out of the plastic container, get it stacked up in that freezer and then start the process over again. And then at the end of the week, we were still only getting one ice bath a week, you know? And uh, so I sacrificed that big freezer and, um, you know, pulled it apart, uh, sacrificed the we, we bought a, a dorm fridge and just, just to sacrifice it, just to take it home and pull it apart. And then we took our galvanized tub and we put it on top of a, a pile of sand because sand has a really good insulative uh, uh, value, built a pine box around it and took like $300 worth of spray foam insulation and just you know sprayed it in all the corners to create like an insulated surface. And we had these evaporators just over the side 
of the tub in the water and the door from that freezer was just on top. And it's like summertime uh, in Phoenix by this point. So it's 115 degrees outside. And so this was like the next experiment. Can, does it work this way? Can I make a larger body of water cold by, you know, taking these evaporators and, and putting them in the water? And I think it was three days later, the answer was yes. Um, I had a, a 33 degree body of water and some ice chunks forming on these uh, evaporator coils. And so that was our, our first forge. <laughs> and when after that, did you, or was it that iteration of it that made you think, wow, maybe there's other people that really enjoy cold plunges like we do and we could make more and sell them to people. <laughs> the timing, uh, the timing is nebulous. Um, so it, it was kind of this, this awakening. Um, Tom, uh, who is, you know, a research scientist and engineering scientist, he was getting into scientific literature and um, starting to connect a lot of dots in the, the different benefits that this therapy actually has. That it wasn't just a, a parlor trick or something to make you feel really good or, or look like you're like an insane person to your friend, that there's a lot of different uh, benefits physiologically, psychologically um, to doing this. And at the same time, we were starting to follow um, social media hashtags, uh, you know, Wim Hof culture, things like that. And I kept seeing the same Costco salsa containers on Instagram because other people were trying to solve the same problem that we were trying to solve. Oh, and so through this process, we kind of awakened to this need that pe people were like, I want more cold. Like my swimming pool does it in, you know, the winter. Uh, but by the time it's summer, I'm just trying to make ice blocks out of Costco salsa containers and just trying to get more cold more often. And through uh, that understanding of, of how elegant and, and uh, powerful the therapy is for human physiology and psychology. And also um, that there was so many people out there that were waking up to this um, and trying to solve the same problem we were trying to solve. That's when we were like, this is a company. And um, that's when we started iterating that design um, forward uh, and, and just trying to figure out the configuration uh, to, to make it a shippable um, consumer product that, you know, people would, would want to buy and would resonate wow. with. I'm sure that's no small feat either. I can only imagine. Um, my beginner, I mean, I've realized I've been doing cold plunges pretty much most of my life out in nature, just getting in freezing water to just see if I could do it. And it just felt mm. really good. But when I first started doing the ice baths, um, I, again, like you saw someone on Instagram, probably with a Wim Hof Mm -hmm. hashtag or something had done a couple of his trainings and they were sitting in a like a, a freezer like a chest freezer and like i made an ice bath i plugged this thing in and filled it up with water done i was like holy crap uh oh actually no no before that before i saw that i got one of those uh like a livestock trough mm -hmm. feeders you know the mm -hmm. galvanized tubs and then went on Craigslist and bought an ice machine. I used one for like 800 bucks and I put them both outside and then proceeded to break the ice machine because I was in LA. It's 90 degrees mm -hmm. summer. Ice machine couldn't keep up. That sucked. Then I saw that Sears one and then that would also have a hard time staying because it was out in the sun. It was behind my brother Cody's gym. And then I you know, put a timer on it and do all these things. And then I had my handyman build a case around it mm -hmm. so it would be insulated, right? Kind of like your first ones. Uh, but the issue I found with that, and I still have with that, uh, is that the water gets disgusting mm. very fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to pour some bleach in my ice bath or something. It's 
bad enough just doing it with toxic tap water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really commend you guys for putting in the work to taking it past that point. Cause I know a lot of people do that uh, like me because it's, you know, cheap, but not so much when you count the time it takes to empty the tub, clean it out, wasting tons of water, which mm-hmm. I never feel mm-hmm. good about. And then trying to fill it back up. And it just, it's not like a long-term viable solution for someone like me. That's that committed. So mm-hmm. kudos to y'all. Uh, I want to ask you, Adrian, about, and I want to get back to more of the mechanics too, because I just like geeking out on that. Because you guys have done some very innovative mm-hmm. things that solved a lot of the problems we used to face uh, with these products. Um, when I went and sat with you, even though it wasn't even uh, a pre-planned ceremony of sorts where we had time to really like see your magic, I found it to be a really powerful experience because of the presence and mindfulness that you brought to the experience of cold exposure. People, I think publicly, when they think about ice baths, they think about like the ice bucket challenge or sports teams that are, you know, just off the field and they get in and they scream and, you know, do all this theatrical expression. And I got in and you're like, You start doing a a full on like sound healing on me in the bath. And I'm like, okay, this is getting interesting. And I went very quickly into that etheric sort of medicine space with you. And I was just like, okay, there's another level to this. Because I just, I meditate when I get in there and it's Mm -hmm. just so grounding. But I've never actually had anyone else around that is creating a container. So I'd love to explore how you got into that integration. Well, I think you nailed it when you said that most people meet the ice with this competitive kind of energy. You know, you think I got to get through this. I got to grin and bear it. And I'm going to like psych myself up and I'm going to high energy. And after explaining my very first ice bath to you, um, that makes a lot of sense because that's what I was thinking at the time too. Like I have to um, psych myself out to do this. And the issue I discovered, and this is at like maybe the third time I plunged, was I was standing in front of it and I was feeling this anxiety, like just fear, just fear of the ice. And I knew that once I was in and once I got out, I was going to feel really good. But there was something physically stopping me from stepping my foot in the water and I couldn't figure it out. And Thank goodness. And this is this is why Tom's our business partner and CEO. Like he's standing there and he's like, Adrian, what if you just stepped in and then <laughs> sat down? And as he's saying this and it's like resonating in my mind, I'm like, yeah, what if I did that? What if this was just my choice and I just took control and I understood that I was in control and all I had to do was get in and sit down. This could be the most passive form of healing modality therapy I could possibly find, right? And so I did. I stepped in, I sat down, I leaned back, I dropped my arms and I breathed. And it was such a powerful experience to meet the cold that way, to meet the cold with mindful intention, to calm myself before getting in, because nothing had happened yet, right? When I'm standing outside of the tub, there isn't anything to be afraid of. There isn't anything touching me. I'm not feeling anything. There's no experience going on at that point. 
So if I can carry that mindfulness into this experience, then what could I do? And within that ice bath, I was just immediately transported, transported to a place of meditated calm, uh, transported to a place where I could control my breath through the hyperventilative response. And it was shortly after that that I thought, you know, there are things that I've learned along my years, uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, one of the things that they teach you for emotional regulation is to ground yourself by getting in touch with all five of your senses. And so now I was thinking before I get into an ice bath, how can I ground myself? How can I get in touch with all five of my senses so that I'm fully grounded in a calm state of mind before going through this extreme experience? And it didn't come to me right away. Took a little bit of work, workshopping with some friends in Toronto. Took some practice with some people at Arco Santi at their Convergence Festival of guiding other people through that experience. And it's basically me creating, a, like you said, a container, this safe space and container of calm groundedness before you ever step into the water. So if you can access that here, and then I'm there to help guide you while you're in there. Like you can, you can, your first ice bath can be so much more powerful and profound than my first ice bath. And by bringing in the sound bowls, that was really what kicked it up a notch for me because you're in this metal tub and you've got the water and then the bowl just below the surface. So the sound is going all the way around you and it's penetrating deep into your body and it's distracting you on levels from what you're supposed to supposed to be afraid of and it it evolved from there you know the the guided meditation that i used prior to telling you to get into the water and painting you a perfect picture or i'm painting you an exact picture of what's going to happen what you're going to do so that when you are in that cold of water and it is your very first ice bath and you are experiencing fight or flight my words come back to you all i have to do is breathe this is what cold feels like. And then you've got this beautiful sound and you've got the pretty lighting and you've got the smells all around you. You feel the cold. It's, it's engaging all of your senses and it's also teaching you that these are tools you can carry with you everywhere you go. Anytime you experience anxiety, anytime you experience fight or flight, anytime there's a big mountain that you think you have to climb, all you have to do is take it one step at a time, put one foot in the water, put the next foot in the water, sit down without hesitation, don't stand in your own way. Tell the story that you want to tell yourself before you ever even get in. Now, um, I, I teach it, I teach as a workshop, uh, I hold sensory experience, immersion experiences for my clients one-on-one, -on -one, for couples, for team building, for events, uh, and it's it is ceremony. It's, it feels very magical to me. Uh, my, my practice with the cold is intentional and mindful and grounding and challenging. And I have all of these tools and tips and techniques that I use through the cold and elsewhere in life. It all kind of, it all just like came together. You know, one thing after the other yeah. was like, all right, now I'm going to try this. And I'm going to do this. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to... It's a beautiful way to meet your fear. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I found that too, just the, 
nervous system resilience after years of just getting in that bath and, and, and getting better at mind over matter, you mm-hmm. know, or you get in. That's what I, I always try to tell people uh, is like what's making you freak out is literally your nervous system telling your brain that you're in danger. But you and we, they uh, often forget that we have a pretty large degree of agency over that as awareness, right? Awareness trumps all of that, you know, kind of um, downstream stuff of the body and all of its precautionary measures and fears and all that stuff. And um, to harness that in one area, it's like that thing, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? So how do you do a divorce? How do you do a lawsuit? How do you do your house burning down? How do you do a death in the family? You do it the same way as you do an ice bath. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you deal with a flat tire? How do you, how do you deal with emotional dysregulation? How do you deal with fear of your future? It's, we get to, we get to put it in practice in the cold and we get to carry that with us throughout our lives. Uh, One thing about the experience with you that was not only new, but somehow just put pieces together was the sound bowls. And, and you kind of alluded to it, that the resonance of the metal in the tub and the resonance of the water crystals, it's as if you're inside of a speaker, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, and I think that's why it got really kind of psychedelic there for a minute. It was, <laughs> I just wasn't, I was like, I take ice baths just about every day. Like, cool, you're going to do some special things. Like, I love your energy. I'm like, oh, let's do it. But, you know, I wasn't like, well, get ready, Luke. You're going to go deep, you know? And I was just like, oh, shit. And it was just so, so cold. And I realized if I don't do the timer right on my homemade one, my my Sears ice bath, um, it's probably like 40 sometimes or maybe even gets up to 45. And I'm like, it feels cold. But that shit was cold, cold. Like there on was, another level. So the combo of all of those things converging, I was just like, oh shit, these guys are onto some other some other voodoo here in the next best level. way. Yeah. Next level. Yeah. Um, there were some big ice chunks in there floating yeah. around with you. It, it was it nice. Them around for you. It was it was really nice. I just, you know, if I could do it over again, I'm not someone that typically lives with regrets, I would not try to talk afterward. I would just <laughs> I would just savor it. Cause I was just meeting you and when you get to know someone, you know, you're building rapport and like you want to be fully there for that and I was just like ah. I get um, to meet a lot of people that way <laughs> I bet, right? you're like just just another guy freaking out in the bath um, maybe either of you could speak to you mentioned you know physiological biological benefits emotional benefits spiritual benefits either one of you that wants to weigh in on some of that uh, especially perhaps starting with some of the sciencey stuff mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really digging deep with uh, your partner, Tom, on some of this, and I'm sure you guys hang around him enough to be able to assimilate some of it. But he was he was telling me some shit I had never heard about hormones and testosterone mm. and all kinds of next level stuff that was quantifiable, validated scientifically. It's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, you feel good and you get tougher. Give me some of the juicy facts on cold immersion. Yeah, it's it's easier to find something that it doesn't help with which I don't know if that's true because I'm not sure that I know of something that it doesn't help with. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite systems to talk about is the vascular system. So, uh, which is another reason why we really prefer those colder um, freezing temperatures because it gets that deeper uh, vasomotor constrictive response. Um, so when, um, 
when I was, I was working as a business analyst at a very small pharmaceutical company in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, and uh, one of the products that the, uh, the company marketed uh, was for chronic venous insufficiency. Uh, and <clears throat> this is a very, very pesky disease of aging that we see in, in uh, industrialized humans. And so if you go to long-term care facilities, old folks' homes, nursing homes, things like that, you're going to find a lot of uh, senior citizens that have very poor circulation, especially in their hands and their feet. They're always cold. They're always bundled up. Um, and their hands and their feet are always very cold. This is early uh, chronic venous insufficiency. And what it means is that over the course of our lives, we tend to live in these climate-controlled environments um, where even in uh, you know, a place like you know, Minneapolis or something like that, where it gets very cold in the winter, you can really uh, design your life to never really spend a whole lot of time in that. You can go from your home to your car, to your place of work, uh, to your car, to your home, and never really experience that temperature volatility. Now, we're all evolved from earlier humans who walked barefoot and naked over glaciers tracking hooved animals. You know, that's, that's where our vascular systems adapted over those millions of years of evolution. And so they're adapted to constrict in the cold and to dilate in the heat. And it's a lot easier for us to dilate our vascular system. We can do it with hot, warm exposure, with sauna, uh, with hot tubs. We can do it with aerobic exercise, which uh, raises our core body temperature and our vascular systems dilate to uh, adjust to that. There's really only one way to constrict the vascular system, and that's through deliberate cold exposure. And... Um, with this, uh, with this disease of aging, chronic venous insufficiency, when it gets past those early uh, stages, uh, it gets to a point where uh, you, people can develop a condition called digital ulceritis. So ulcers will actually start to develop on the fingers and the toes. And what this yeah. is, is the vascular system is no longer uh, healthy enough to supply enough blood to keep the tissue alive. So the tissue starts to basically die, um, you know, uh, from the extremities uh, in. And right away, that's just a massive drop in quality of life. You know, a, a person can no longer dress themselves. They can't do buttons. They can't hold forks and spoons. So they can't feed themselves. And so when you've got these digital ulceritis, um, you're just, you, you become incapacitated. Uh, when it progresses from there, you can get into amputations. You can have fingers, hands, feet, um, lower legs actually amputated. And this is how a lot of people in our species and in our industrialized society are spending the last years of their physical life is in these, these disease states of, of venous insufficiency and poor circulation and ulcers and amputations. And it's just, it's, I mean, we all have to end our physical life at some point, but this is really not, not a great way to spend, you know, the last few years. And so that's just one of them, and probably my 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 favorite to talk about is is that that vasomotor constrictive response, which is is developing you know stronger muscle tissue in the vascular system. That's also why we always coach people to keep your hands and your feet in. You know, even if you got to take them out for a second, everybody's hands and feet are very sensitive to the cold, and this is why, by the way. Um, keep them in, even if you got to pull them out. Keep them in, keep them in, because you can train that pain in the extremities away after you know a certain amount of of, of ice bathing. And um, it's just, I hope, as I as I near the end of my physical life, um, that I won't be yeah, having to have with fingers that. removed. Yeah, because yeah, um, they're yeah, yeah. And so that's one of oh, them. Oh man. And um, 
other, we have anecdotal um, evidence. Uh, Tom and myself, we got our testosterones checked. Um, I got mine year and a half ago checked and then I got it about half a year ago. So there's a, a, a one year gap in there and it had raised. I'm 41 years old. I'll be 42 in October. And uh, so I got it checked at 39. I got it checked at, I got it checked at 40, got it checked at 41 and it actually raised like 30%. Um, wow. Tom's is even, even more. He's got like, he's in, he's like 54 right now. He's got the testosterone of a 19 year old. Um, wow. and it's like off the charts. Um, and so that's very anecdotal. Um, we've, we've found some support in the scientific literature that cold exposure, even, even as light as just dressing down outside in like 50 degrees, like not putting on a coat, um, can, uh, help to reverse type two diabetes. Um, so metabolic function, um, there's fat burning, um, systems that it works on. There's mood regulation from the dopamine and norepinephrine boost that you get at about 30 seconds into an ice bath. Um, those feel-good chemicals, those natural anti-anxiety, antidepressant, anti-stress chemicals that we all keep in our brains get released. And that can have that kind of long-term lasting effect to reduce stress, reduce anxiety. Um, That's so weird yeah. that a hermetic stress, like getting really cold, causes your brain to release if you can hang in, right? Because at first it's like adrenaline, I, yeah. I'm assuming. But if you can hang in past that 30 seconds to a minute, then it starts dumping all these happy chemicals into you, <laughs> which is weird. I'm like, does the body think you're dying? So it's like, man, we're yeah, going to go yeah. out in style. Oof. At least he's going to be happy. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and I don't really, I obviously, I don't know. But uh, the way that I tend to think about it is that from a physiological standpoint, this is not an abnormal situation for us to be in. Like I said, you know, we're, we're descended from earlier humans who were exposed to the elements. They were exposed to very cold temperatures, very hot temperatures, uh, seasonality. They, they were migrating. They, they would migrate around, you know, um, with the herds. And so, you know, and like you said, a human falling into a, an icy river or something like that was probably not that uncommon. Um, so over the uh, adaptation and evolution of our physiology, these things were common. They're just not anymore. You know, they, they're not ever since, you know, the industrial revolution hit and the invention of air conditioning and, and refrigeration, which is interesting because I use the same technology <laughs> to undo. Right. <laughs> using a domestic, you know, yeah. innovation to undomesticate people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's funny. And so over the last, you know, 150 years or so, our, our species in the industrialized world has increasingly uh, kind of... Uh, hidden from these volatilities, from these exposures that are a deep part of our physiology and our psychology, our, our mentality. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's interesting to think about like, why does it hit us with the, that boost? Cause and, it's a reward, right? Yeah. So it's like, what is the body and brain rewarding you for? We're finding your roots. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, ding, ding, ding. You're on the spot. This is the yeah. natural human life way. Yeah. You just found it again. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. This podcast would not be possible without our friends over at Just Thrive Health. And they've been with the show for quite a while now and one of the sponsors that I feel most grateful and proud to support and present to you. In so doing, I rarely like to clown on competitive products. It's not really my style to say, oh, this brand is the best and the rest of them suck. 
But I must be honest, uh, as someone who's tried to fix my gut in numerous ways, especially with a lot of very expensive probiotics over the years, I have to say that most probiotics I've ever tried were a complete waste of time, energy, and money, with the exception of the Just Thrive probiotic. What makes Just Thrive probiotics so special is that they're spore-based, and this allows them to survive the treacherous journey into your GI tract where they can make themselves at home and do what they're supposed to do. And for this reason, it's a really unique and incredible product. It's also something kids at just about any age can take. Parents can sprinkle it into the food or drinks of little ones. It can also be baked or fried up to 455 degrees and still retain 100% potency. Isn't that crazy? It's also ideal for pregnant moms to be to support a healthy microbiome for themselves and their babies. You know, newborns get their first big dose of microbes at birth while traveling through the birth canal. It also contains a very special strain of bacteria that can maintain its effectiveness when taken with antibiotics. Now talk about crazy awesome. You know, that's one of the issues when you're taking antibiotics, if you're in a position to have to do so, is that they're going to ultimately uh, cause some dysbiosis to say the least. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it politely there. So I'm one, again, who wasted so much money trying to take probiotics during a cycle of antibiotics, which is probably futile. However, it's not with Just Thrive spore-based probiotics. So if you want to check this out, I highly recommend that you do. So if you want to get your hands on some of these Just Thrive probiotics, here's what you do. Go to justthrivehealth.com slash Luke. That's justthrivehealth.com slash Luke. And of course, we've got a discount for you. It's 15%. And the code there is Luke15 at justthrivehealth.com. And now back to the interview. I tell people often that, you know, people that have things like depression and anxiety, I mean, I don't know about clinical mental illness beyond that, but just your average neurotic person, like we've uh, all been at one point or another, always it's like breath work and ice baths. Like that's, I mean, look what happened for you, right? You have all these autoimmune things going on. It's like, you're trying everything, trying everything. Sometimes it's like the most simple thing that really moves the needle. And I do this myself. Anytime I'm starting to get fight or flighty or just overworked, overwhelmed. I mean, I think this is where the term chill out comes from. You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, I need to chill. No, I need to go deep chill. And yeah. I swear to God, I will run to that ice bath like nobody's business and come out. And I'm just like, what was the problem right. again? It's, it's, yep. it's really insane how effective it is. Yeah, But it, you know, it does require a certain fortitude in a person that it's harder than taking a pill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the good things. And even like when you start a breathwork session, for me, it's always kind of like the first couple reps working out. It's like, oh my God, why did I do this? This sucks. A couple minutes in, you get some momentum. And mm-hmm. then next thing you know, you're like, I could do this forever. But uh, it really is, I think, one of the most powerful ways to possibly affect your mood. Uh, one question I do have on the physiology, and I don't know that you'll know the answer, but I'm just fascinated by this, uh, is I used to do like weight training and then I didn't want to get sore and be smoked afterwards. So then I would do an ice bath and it would shunt mm-hmm. all the inflammation mm-hmm. and I would never get sore. And everyone else the next day would be like, oh my God, I'm so sore from that workout. I was like, I'm not, I did an ice bath. <laughs> uh, and then I heard Dr. Rhonda Patrick talking about 
how if you want to build muscle, and let's face it, most people that are lifting weights want to build muscle for one reason or another, that you don't want to do an ice bath right afterward because the inflammation mm-hmm. that is building the muscle is what you've shunted with the cold. Mm-hmm. So then I switched and I started doing it the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I am so much stronger and mm-hmm. resilient right out of an ice bath than I ever could be if my body was warm. And so we're looking at the vasoconstriction that you described. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why having less blood in your blood vessels makes you stronger. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Do you guys have any idea? Yeah, this is uh, something new that we've also uh, come across. Uh, the the um, the finding that doing uh, instead of using the cold to recover from the workout, using the workout to recover from the cold um, has a really a really awesome synergistic effect. In fact, it's I mean, for us we stumbled across this just a few months ago. The first time we were out here in Austin was early January. And we, um, we did an, an open house event with ARX. Um, that, right. Who you know of. That's where I do my every Sunday yeah. uh, Morosco plunge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so people were experiencing the, um, the ice bath uh, with the forge. And then they were um, going to do their, their ARX workout on the ARX, the adaptive resistance machines. Which, which is hard as F, those yeah. listening. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> way gnarlier than any weights you've ever touched in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Um, it's a robot that's fighting you. It's insane. Absolutely. Well, you're only fighting yourself. <laughs> yeah, it tricks you into thinking that yes, it's a robot. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, I'll take that. And one of the uh, one of the great things about those machines is how it, it tracks and keeps keeps track of your data over um, a series of sessions. And so you can actually I can log into any ARX machine in the country, um, and it's got all of my my record, my data there, and it'll show like progress and things like that. And um, a couple of people noticed that there was just like a huge boost in their in their strength, like 20 percent over their last session um, if they were getting out of the forge and going into the ARX machine. And uh, you know that now ARX has their forge, and so they've gotten a lot more data points, and it's just it's becoming less anecdotal and now this set of data of, right, that's of true. like Mike at ARX it's like everybody who comes in here who does the forge first and goes to the ARX they runs back to me like so much stronger I'm like 10, 15, 20% over my last yeah, session that's been my experience yeah and so uh, you know we haven't really dug in on like why would less blood flow uh, equate to more strength or what, it, what the mechanism is Um uh, but yeah, it's it's it seems to be supported, and we we just we don't really understand. Yet. Yeah, you're just like it uh, works. Do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, another yeah. thing about it is not only that you're stronger, but you're just so much more resilient. It's mm-hmm. like I just I'm not tired. I'm you know I mean if right. you go lift heavy weights after a few <clears> reps, and like obviously I'm not a huge weightlifter, but I try to get it in a couple of days a week. But you're like <gasps> you're smoked, you know. Yeah. The last one, you're like ah. It's just not like that. It's weird. It's kind of just, I don't want to say easy the whole way through, but it's, you recover super fast. If you do, uh, you know, like one, like one time through the ARX, I'm already ready to go again before the timer's even telling Mm. me it's time to go again. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, let's do this. It's Mm -hmm. just bizarre. Maybe it is just those feel good chemicals still sitting on your brain. And so, you know, you're, you're not psyching yourself out. You know, you're not, you're not, I can't remember who said it, but, uh, 
Uh, somebody who's like a mountain climber or something like that. He says, the same place I quit on the mountain is the same place I quit at the boardroom. And I realized it's not the mountain, it's me. You know, I'm the one who, who hits the limit. Uh, yeah. And so maybe sitting on those feel-good chemicals, you're just like, I'm going for up. I'm, I'm stronger than I thought I was or, you know, right. you know I'm not, I don't have those, those alarm bells going off or those, those like stress states going off. Maybe it's as simple as that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of the psycho-spiritual and emotional changes that have taken place, uh, what have you noticed in yourself, Adrian, in terms of your growth after having added this to your practice and then the people that you're coaching? I mean, like I said, the experience I had with you was so powerful. I can imagine if you're working with people on a regular basis, they must be having some pretty profound transformation take place. Yeah, I think I think the emotional resilience is is part of what kept com- kept me coming back for more. Like I said, I'd done dialectical behavioral therapy. I was in therapy for more than a decade, and uh, growing up, I was raised by a man, uh, my dad, who is bipolar schizophrenic, and so I carried a lot of those mimicked behaviors into adulthood for coping mechanisms, right? And they're not effective. They don't get us where we want to go. It's it's not about meeting your emotion in a state of calm or resolving issues in a state of calm. And one of the things that this practice has taught me, and this is why I need it to be 32, 33 degrees, is because activating fight or flight intentionally, teaching yourself how to pause and breathe in that moment versus becoming reactionary, you carry that throughout your life. So you know, a year ago, if somebody, you know, or three years ago, if somebody were to cut me off in traffic, it'd be like F-bomb this and laying on the horn and freaking out. And now I just take this pause of like, oh, I've done that before. I've cut somebody off in traffic before. Oh, I wonder if that's a teenager learning to drive. You know, like you just, there's this pause that you create. And I'll bring up Scott again. He talks about it in his book. Um, he calls it the wedge. And then his subsequent book, After What Doesn't Kill Us, The Wedge. It's that pause that you're creating between whatever the thing is that's happening in life and then your reaction to it. And the biggest example that I had, and this is still in our prototype stages. This is still very new in our practice. And we still had our very first forge prototype, but we had our regular ice bath. And I was arguing with Jason about something pick a thing. And I was crying and I couldn't get my thoughts. Like, you know, like your thoughts become slippery when you're in that emotionally dysregulated state and trying to explain what it is I'm so upset about, but I can't even figure it out because I'm so upset and I'm just sobbing. And inside of my head, I'm like, just stand up, just stand up and get out of this physical spot that you're in. Because if you can change your physical state, you can change your mental and emotional state. And in my head, I'm saying it over and over again, just stand up, just stand up, just stand up. And all of a sudden it was like my light bulb aha moment. It said, stand up, walk across the yard and sit in the water. Like it was, it was like a vision, like, like a full on meditative vision. And it came to me like a hundred tons of bricks, just like stand up, walk across the yard and sit in the ice bath. And I did. And I was in there for about four or five minutes. And at this point, it was definitely one of my longest ice baths. And then I got out and I went over and I sat next to Jason. And I said, you know, I don't remember what I was upset about. What I do know is it's more important for me to forget about it and move on and enjoy the rest of our evening. I said, will you do that with me? Of course, Jason's like, heck yeah, I'll do that with you. Like, oh, I don't even know what you were upset about either. So yeah, we'll do that. You know, and that... 
that was such a profound experience for me because never in my life have I had a tool where I could push that button and stop that emotionally dysregulated state. And that emotionally dysregulated state was a go-to for me. It was just, it was the default. And so as I'm coaching people, and I coach people who have recovered from substance abuse, people in who suffer PTSD, people who do suffer depression, anxiety, and psychosis. And one thing that I'm seeing consistently is that the more consistent you are in your deliberate cold exposure practice, the easier these emotional coping mechanisms are to put into place. So now it's it's easier for me to stay calm even when I am emotionally dysregulated. I can recognize it as an emotion. I say, okay, I'm feeling fear. Okay, I'm feeling sadness. Okay, I'm feeling anger. Okay, I'm feeling, you know, insecurity or jealousy. Like I can see it for what it is and I can still feel the emotion, but I have that space in between where I can reflect and at least be open to hearing what else is going on around me. Okay, who is the most emotionally regulated person in the room? And what can you share with me about what you're seeing that I don't right now? I would have never been able to have that conversation before ice baths, before practicing deliberate cold exposure. It just wouldn't have happened. And I think that that is also what has led to my healing. I had to heal parts of me here and parts of me here in order for my body to say, okay, you're you're creating this environment for me. You're creating this healing state and environment for me to bloom in, for me to be my best self. And that is part of what I use when I'm coaching my clients. Like we talk about what are you working on? What is the hardest thing for you right now? What is standing in your way? What In what ways are you standing in your way? And how can we break that down? How can we Focus that as the intention as you move through this fight or flight response and this difficulty of an ice bath and then come out on the other side feeling empowered and calm and clarity of mind and soundness of heart and spirit. And I think that's also why this feels, you know, a session with me feels like such a, like a ceremony because it's, it's all encompassing. It's not, it isn't just sitting down in cold water and then getting through it. It's, it's all of it. It's a mental. It's mental. It's emotional. It's physical, spiritual, and you've and you've got someone there. You're not alone. You're not alone. I know exactly what it's like to be sick. I know what exactly what it's like to be tired. I know what it's like to be emotionally dysregulated, and I'm here to say that we have natural healing, passive forms of modalities that we can use to to build that up. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. It's funny that I didn't ask you this in the beginning, but what does Morasco Forge mean? A and B, what is the Morasco method, which I have a feeling you just described, <laughs> but if there's any more to add to that, but I, I love the name, even though I still can't quite pronounce it right, but uh, I'm part Russian, so I should be able to, but, but I love the origin story, the, the fable that you shared yeah. with me uh, earlier on, so uh, if you could share that. Yeah, so uh, Morasco, uh, which is the way I pronounce it, I don't, I don't I haven't really heard very many Russians. Native. Write in and tell us. Yeah. Morotsko. Sounds right. Yeah. I just try to say it with a Russian accent. Morotsko. There you um, go. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fairy tale um, from the Russian tradition. And uh, Morotsko is a Jack Frost or Father Winter type character. And uh, the, the fairy tale that's attached to that mythology is a, uh, it's a wicked stepmother fairy tale. Um, 
So there's a, a beautiful little girl. She lives in the forest with her father and her wicked stepmother and her nasty stepsister. The stepmother and the stepsister, they don't like the little girl very much. They're very, they're very jealous of her. And so the stepmother gets the father to take the girl out into the middle of the forest and leave her there. So it's got a little bit of a Hansel and Gretel um, kind of theme to it as well. Uh, and you know, for some reason, he does this. He takes the little girl out in the middle of the forest and he leaves her there. And Morotsko, Jack Frost, Father Winter, he's going around the forest and he's freezing things because that's what he does. He brings the cold, he brings the freeze to the forest in the winter. And he comes upon the little girl. She's sitting there. She's shivering. She's freezing to death. And he's about to freeze her, but he stops first and he says, "Uh, child, are you warm? And the little girl answers him with stoicism and grace and says, yes, dear Morotsko, I am warm enough. And so he doesn't freeze her and he's very, he's because he's very impressed with her. And so he takes her into his cottage. He gives her all these jewels, all these gifts, makes her princess of the forest. And somehow the stepmother catches wind of this, that not only is the little girl not dead, but Morotsko has made her a princess of the forest, given her jewels, given her presents. And so she says, I know what I'll do. I'll recreate this. I'll take my own daughter, leave her in the middle of the forest. Morotsko will find her will take her into his cottage, give her all these jewels, all these presents, and make <laughs> her a princess. So she does this. Uh, and the stepsister's sitting in the middle of the forest, and Morotsko finds her and says, you know, child, are you warm? But this little girl is not stoic, and she's not gracious, and so she kind of mouths off to him. And so he freezes her. Uh, and what was probably a, a, a story that was told to children in the Russian forest to get them to not complain about the brutal winters. Uh, we take from it that uh, if you meet the cold with stoicism and grace, it will bestow great gifts upon you. And cool. uh, the forge element is, uh, forge has a couple of different connotations. Um, we can forge ahead um, in our lives. We can forge you know, through a forest. Uh, we can you know, forge through a river. Uh, it's also a place where iron is turned into steel. So you think about like a metal forge um, where you can take iron in and you put it through this, this stressful pounding process. You heat it up, you add other, other uh, minerals and elements to it and you pound on it and it becomes stronger. Steel becomes stronger than the iron that it started out as. And so it's a little bit of a play on words there as well um, because even though we're going through the cold, this is another reason why we like those really cold temperatures, those freezing temperatures, because it is, it is a, a hormetic stress process. We're taking something where we're stressing our bodies to turn it into um, something stronger than it was before, something more healed, uh, more resilient, anti, through this anti-fragile process. And so we take those two words together and that's where we get the Morotsko I like it. Forged. It's a great name. Yeah. Is there anything uh, else to the Morotsko, Morotsko a method other than the kind of emotional part you described? Is there mm-hmm. anything missing from there that you guys want to share? Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a lot that I think goes into it. And um, uh, again, we, we chose a, a mythological uh, name. We found a mythology uh, that resonated with us because uh, we believe that our lives are the product of the story that we tell ourselves. And so we can tell ourselves lots of stories about why we do things, about what our relationships are. We can tell ourselves um, stories of victimhood. We can tell ourselves stories of heroism. We can tell ourselves stories of sacrifice. We can tell ourselves stories of love, um, whatever, whatever. This is how we as humans uh, uh, kind of develop our perception of reality. And we all 
are sitting on subjective perceptions of reality. And um, this was something that I think we were, we were working with before we even found the cold. It might have been something that kind of led us to the cold is that um, storytelling and telling ourselves the right stories about who we are and where we're going and how we're growing. And, you know, if we're wronged or something, you know, by society, by other people, we can tell ourselves the right stories to get us through that and to keep us on um, a growth process. So storytelling is a part of the Morotsko method. And then, you know, diet and nutrition is a part of the Morotsko method, uh, fasting, um, you know, and is a part of the Morotsko method. The language that we use, we use a lot of language hacks, especially at the studio in Phoenix um, to, again, put us on pathways to progress and growth. And, um, you know, so all of that uh, kind of wraps into what we call the Morotsko method. And uh, I think, um, you know, as, as we get further into this project, finding ways to broadcast those other things and to talk about those other things that we do that we really feel as a part of that method is, is going to be important for That's us. That's cool. Yeah. It's neat that you guys have married like a physical product that's very useful and that the market for it is really neat in need of, but also a practice and a lifestyle around it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because then it's like you have something tangible to anchor people. There's something to actually do mm-hmm. instead of just, oh, cool. Talk to me about empowering language. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know, it depends on how you're wired, but some people want something more tangible, less tangible. And uh, I think it's really cool. Do you guys have um, some kind of training programs around this method? Yes. And like, are there going to be, are there, or will there be certified coaches? If someone's like, damn, these guys are onto some cool stuff. I want to learn all this, but there's only so many people that can meet or work with either of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adrian, um, is trained, has trained a lot of the cold coaches and, um, I think uh, I think uh, getting deeper into that, especially with uh, the, the language hacks and you know the the, the mentality of it, uh, I think is is um, something that uh, that we'll do in the future. Cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I think of Wim Hof, you know, and it's like he stumbled across these practices and kind of created a model. And then mm-hmm. once you have the model, then that model can be passed on to someone else and. As long as they follow it <laughs> to a, a, a high enough degree to keep it intact uh, in terms of integrity, then it's something that could keep growing. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are on the sort of the precipice of a really unique offering here. And um, obviously, like if you get um, an ice bath from you guys, it's going to cost a few bucks. They're they're quite sophisticated, and I want to I want to talk about again some mm-hmm. of the innovations there. But even for people that aren't so situated at this time to be able to drop a couple of few grand on a really fancy ice bath. Like it's not that hard to find freezing water somewhere if you really set your mind to it. Mm. So I like that, you know, you guys are um, in a business that is offering something for sale, but also the mindset piece and just the practices that one can learn and then take with them and not have to be burdened by having to necessarily buy a device or something. Yeah, the Murotsko method, I do also teach as a training course. So I do certify coaches to uh, create a sensory immersive experience the way that I do. Oh, cool. I would love to eventually see not only those coaches, but every, anyone come up with other ways to guide people through this process. You know, the, the benefit is with a guide, 
your first experience can be a really rad experience. And that can encourage you to continue the practice. And I do have some deliberate cold exposure meditations online on the Marotsko method online and oh, cool. on our YouTube channel. So even if you're just getting started in the practice and you just want an ear, you know, or just want a voice there to help, you know, help you go through the steps, you can do that. Uh, and I do have practicing certified Marotsko method coaches, and that's something that continues to evolve. But like Jason said, it's it's a lifestyle. The Marotsko method is a lifestyle. It's a a way of wellness, living in wellness. That's dope. Wow, I love it, you guys. Uh, tell me a little bit about the construction of these baths. Uh, because as I said, coming from the primitive beginnings of my iterations and the ones <laughs> that you uh, described on the way, like you guys have arrived at something that is super beautiful looking and very effective. And one of the things you did that I think is so cool is that you introduced ozone as a disinfectant. Mm -hmm. That is one of the problems and probably one of the things that would prevent a germaphobe from getting an ice bath that 10 other people just got in, right? Especially sweaty people. Yeah. So um, give me the, the breakdown on the ozone and then also how you made it somehow make ice but not freeze <laughs> over on top. Because if I get mine cold enough, it's like five inches of ice. Then yeah. I take a kettlebell to break it and break through the wall of it. And it's just uh, a train yeah. wreck. So you guys mm. like fine-tuned a lot of very cool details <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, so the, the ozone disinfection uh, system that, uh, that we developed is yeah probably one of our more powerful innovations. It allowed us to... Um, to uh, the, the earlier the earlier models, the first models were refrigeration only, um, and we we had really kind of set this out to be a backyard um, product, which is where we saw that there was a need. Um, and then we were challenged uh, by Optimize. Actually, uh, they were they were opening their space, and they're like, "Well, we want to put this in a business." And we're like, "Well, that's an interesting concept." Oh, wow. um, and so uh, now we've got you know county health assessors to to appease. And um, there, we looked and, and there's just, there's no regulations out there that pertaining to a commercial cold bath. And if you, you call the, you know, the, the health inspector, like, Hey, uh, we have this uh, ice tub that people are getting into. They're like, you have a what that people are doing what now? <laughs> you know, they just don't know how to, to handle it. Um, so we used, uh, we used some of the regulations out there for like hot tubs and like public pools and baths and things like that. And, um, developed, innovated uh, the ozone disinfection system. And uh, again, I know I keep saying this, but it's, it's, it's true. Uh, here's another reason why we like the lower temperatures. Um, really, really cold water, like freezing cold water, it's naturally averse to microbial infection. So bacteria and viruses, they don't like cold water. They love hot water, which is why a jacuzzi or something like that has to be you know, super chlorinated. Um, and an, an ozone generating unit in a hot tub uh, is not enough to keep a hot tub completely disinfected. It'll only reduce the amount of caustic chemicals that have to go into it. Um, so right off the bat, those really cold temperatures, are, are they stay clean naturally, which makes the ozone generation um, so such, a, such an elegant way to, to get it to that pure disinfected state. Um, and one of the great things about ozone is that it doesn't hang out in the water. So you inject the water with it. Um, there's bubbles of ozone in there. It obliterates anything that, that is, you know, um, that is contaminated or you know, microbial or anything like that. And then the ozone bubbles rise to the top of the bath. They pop, they release to the environment and then poof, you know, you're left with, um, absolutely pure, 
crystal clear um, water with no chlorine, no no hydrogen peroxide is needed. Um, and so that's you know I've tried the the um, I think it's like. 30% food grade hydrogen peroxide mm. in my ice bath. It doesn't work. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever try that? Uh, we I didn't. Mean, I think we, we were working with, well, we tried like um, uh, like a quarter cup of, of chlorine bleach in our earlier refrigeration, like uh, in our in our Forge One, um, just to kind of, because we were, we were playing with like, okay, how long can we keep this? Obviously we have to drain it out at some point right. and, you know, start over with a, a fresh batch of water. And so we're like, okay, well, what if we put like a quarter cup of bleach in there? And that, that lasts a little while longer, but now you've got this chemical in there. Yeah, you know, it's brutal. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, really, uh, uh, you know, dialing in that ozone generation and making sure that it was, uh, it was built in a way um, to, to get enough contact between the ozone and the water to, to produce this super clarifying effect without the need of chemicals was, was right. really it special. It comes out at the very bottom and it has kind of a little diffuser type thing that seems like bubbles it into the water, right? Mm, no, you're thinking that's the intake. Um, oh, so that's okay. that's our our, um, our uh, inlet strainer uh, that helps. Oh, yeah, okay. it keeps like your uh, your towel lint and your 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 hair oh, okay. from. Yeah, um, on the other side, but you do see um, it kind of. It does kind of look like a diffused effect oh, okay. um, because of just the way that the the water is being injected with the ozone gas. Got and it, so got it. Um, I'm not going to tell everybody my secrets, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, anything proprietary, yeah. feel free to, to be a vague on. I totally get it. Um, it's 10 guys out there. Right there. Uh, can you send yeah. me the blueprint? How, how do you do that? I'll make a nice bath company. Right. <laughs> yeah. Heard that before. Yeah. They're out there. Um, but yeah, making sure that the, the water is injected with the ozone in a way that uh, is sufficient enough to, to, to get that disinfecting effect um, was a really, um, a really uh, powerful innovation of ours, which um, now those are our, probably our most popular, even for, for personal and commercial use is the um, filtered and uh, ozone disinfected units um, because they are such so low maintenance. They're, oh, they're great in businesses, which yeah. I think about access a lot, which you touched on, you know, it is, it's a higher end product. And um, I, I, I don't like the feeling of pricing people out of a powerful therapy. And some of, some of the most painful conversations we've had have been with people who have reached out to us and been like, you know, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm, I'm ill. I, I have this condition, this, this, this thing that I'm working on and I can't afford this. Um, is there anything you can do? And as a small struggling company, um, I, we don't have we don't have a hundred of them on the shelf. You know, we we build them in that studio in Phoenix, Arizona. They're not built in in China or Vietnam. You know, and we're not we're not making them for you know ten times less than we're selling them for. Our margins on these are very modest, and they keep us going. And so I think about access, about how can we open up um, access to this therapy, and which is why I love the business model. Why I love being able to put one of these in a, a wellness studio, a gym, a place where someone can go and for 20, 30, $40, they can experience this, this therapy and they can get that benefit. And, um, one of our, one of our, our big, um, our big projects right now is how do we, um, how do we get more of them in those businesses throughout, you know, different cities and different areas. Yeah. And I we, think we have that... a handful and we, and when people reach us, reach out, reach out to us like this, we're like, well, where are you located? Maybe we have a place where you can go. Um, I think that is the way of the future with all of this mm -hmm. stuff that is high ticket. I, you know, the biochargers, 15 grand, the amp coils, yeah. 
I think like eight or nine grand, like all the heavy hitting mm-hmm. juve red light therapy. I mean, some of these things are just out of people's mm-hmm. financial capacity. Um, but I think if most people were able to make a couple sacrifices, they could find a way to get a monthly pass or, mm-hmm. you know, even a day pass for a place like Optimize and go in and just like hammer it out and Absolutely. do a circuit of so many powerful um, modalities at once and mm-hmm. not have to have it at home and not yeah. have to pay for it. So I think that's a really cool thing. And the ozone allows that to be possible because Absolutely. the water isn't all stank for a bunch of other fools right. getting in there before you. And there isn't a gallon of chlorine in it, um, which yeah. causes, just no, causes the water is pristine. When yeah. I go to uh, the ARX tub, I mean, I'm watching sweaty people get in and out mm-hmm. of that thing before me and, and I get skeeved out mentally. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, whatever I get in and I'm like, this is pristine. I mean, you smell like a little bit of ozone, mm-hmm. which is actually just smells like cleanliness. It's like after yeah. a, a lightning storm that like, mm, yeah, that, that, that fresh air yeah. smell. Yeah, that fresh air yeah, smell. I love that smell. So That's I'm how like, ozone is created, by the way. There's an, an arc of electricity in the generator that creates the heavy oxygen molecules. So when you smell that after a lightning storm, it really is ozone. Right, yeah. right. That's so yeah. cool. Uh, do you guys... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny the uh, the biocharger. I don't know if you guys have seen one of those. You know, this Tesla coil, and it has a it has a man. I wish I was moved into my house. You guys could come use it. It's in the garage, uh, just sitting there, sadly. But it has this copper arc rod on top, Uh and uh, and when you run it, there's so much energy going through that coil that it it creates little lightning bolts. Little, and then there's like a little ozone in the air. You can smell it. Like, Mm. oh, it smells clean in here. It's wild. Um, what about filtration? Are you guys doing anything to remove all the junk out of the tap water that people are using to go into it? Uh, there's a there's a micron filter in there. Um, I don't know that it's of the grade where it would it would be removing um, things that are in the tap water. Um, you know, it's more of about particulates, like and sediments, sediments and stuff and like that. Things like that. Um, that's an interesting. It's an interesting concept. We might look into what are some of the um, some of the minerals and metals in in tap water, and how we might um, how we might remove those. Because I, I, I sense a two point yeah. version. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is like you got to choose your battles. I'm just a perfectionist, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a, and I'm just a control freak sometimes. <laughs> so I want everything to be totally sewn up. But here's the thing: like how long are you going to sit in an ice bath? Honestly, right. Two to five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's like, I don't know, go swimming, take a shower, whatever. Um, Not to mention you're not getting any vaporized water Mm -hmm. from an ice bath where you're taking maybe a 15 minute shower every morning and breathing in all the chloramine and all this crap. So that said, I don't, you know, I don't know if it would be the lowest hanging fruit if I was the producer of them. Yeah. But if you wanted to really nitpick and fine tune it, it mm-hmm. you know is another selling point perhaps for some. What I did with my homemade one is I got uh, one of these chlorine filter tubes that you screw on your garden hose, mm-hmm. uh, which is just made to, to make your plants right. live mm-hmm. uh, longer and prosper. So I fill mine up with that mm-hmm. and it helps a little bit, but again, like I'm not in there all that long. Sure. So it's, it's whatevs. Yeah. With the, uh, again, with the ozone uh, disinfection and filtration system, really, if a person wanted to invest in, you know, a few cases of their favorite pure 
water. Oh, that's funny, dude. Dump that in. You, you could know? take a spring water ice bath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, hilarious. You know, never having to drain it and start over again. You just would add a little more as- I like this know. thread. I like yeah. this. Because you could get, yeah, some Some untouched... five gallon spring water yeah, bottles. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for springs here Get about Texas. 10 of those. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Um, on that note, with with the ozone system, you never have to change the water? Or is it like every few months you change it mm-hmm. or kind of like really never? Really never, um, unless there was some sort of, I'll say, special contamination. You know, oh, okay. some, some party fouls in there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, Somebody uh, had too much MCT oil that morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Don't shard in the ice bath, folks. Yeah, don't pee in the... <laughs> um, you know, unless there was some sort of special contamination like that, you would you should really never need to That's completely change badass. out the water. It's for for our business customers who do high volumes, um, they they tend to choose to on their own, right. you know, their own schedule, whether it's you know once a month or once a year or something like that. But if all is functioning as it as I designed it to, um, it, you really never should have to dump it out. And That's start, so cool. Yeah. And not wasting so much water. Like I yeah. said, I always feel bad when I empty mine out. I'm just like, oh mm. God, this sucks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I guess one could say there's an infinite amount of water, but maybe there's not. Right. <laughs> um, the other thing I think that was interesting about your bath is the ability to make it super freezing mm-hmm. and actually make ice, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make a film of ice on the top that you have to break through every time you get in, which gets to be a real pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I... I'll break the film on mine, which I say film, and it could be like three or four inches thick. But mm-hmm. then if I don't get it around the edges, then it like scratch it you when you get in. Like, and yeah, yeah. It sucks. So how mm-hmm. did you make it not suck? <laughs> <laughs> well, ours makes ice along the bottom. Um, okay. So uh, it'll, it'll develop a um, sheet of ice along the bottom. And then uh, we've designed it so that once it reaches uh, down to a certain temperature, the refrigeration system kicks off. There's a very small uh, uh, warming element in there. Uh, not really much to raise the water temperature, but enough to detach that ice um, and it floats to the top. And then, you, like you said, you take the kettlebell or the, the mace and you, you break it up. Um, but it doesn't seem like it all gets stuck to the sides. Like it mine. doesn't. No. Yeah, it's yeah. just floating in the middle there, yeah. which mm-hmm. is ideal. Because I really like there to be ice in there too. Oh, yes. the, I oh think yeah. We were talking I, about that. I absolutely love the big, big, I want two to three inches thick. I want them big, the size of like mm. basketballs. It's part of it is that gravity weight, like gravity blanket feel like you, you feel like it's pressing yeah, it on you. So it's kind of right. like a cold hug. And then the clinking and then seeing the eyes, like it just, it readies my brain for the experience. It's like, it can be 33 degrees. It can be 32.8 and not have a lick of ice in it. But I don't, feel the same as when I get to be in there with my chunks. That's you know? so true. <laughs> That's true. Not the chunks aforementioned. Right. With right. Yeah. Leaving, yeah. Clean yeah. ozone generated yeah. ice chunks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really true uh, about that feeling of the weighted blanket. Yeah. Right. There is yeah. a, a different sensory experience. I never thought about that. That's so interesting. I just know I prefer it and it's really hard to dial in if you don't have the right yeah. gear, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So you've achieved the perfect hot, cold balance. In terms of each of your favorite temperature, do you have like one temperature that you like or that you try to keep the baths to maintain? Uh, the colder, the better um, for me. So I do like it, you know, that 32, 33 degrees. Um, 
again, for that vasomotor constrictive response. Um, sometimes I'll get into one that's like 40, 45 and, it, you know, I'll hang out for a while and it's, it's nice and it's refreshing, especially when it's 125 degrees in Phoenix and, you know, um, you know, that, that feels really good. But if I'm really trying to forge myself, you know, if I'm really trying to stress myself into a stronger um, material, then yeah, 30, 33, between 32 and 33, you know, and any nice. colder than that, it's just a frozen block of, right. of water. Physics tends to yeah. work that way. <laughs> yeah, which is actually really, um, that's, that's, that's really good because you know, we, the other cold option out there is the cryotherapy, right? It's super, oh, I wanted to ask about yeah. that. So that's super, super cold, super dry gas. You know, you see those, those big negative numbers. It was negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. That can harm you. Um, that has the potential of harming you. That's why you've got to wear the, the things on your hands, your feet. You have to cover up those sensitive parts, those parts that really need that cold therapy the most. Oh. Um, because you can actually get yourself frostbite. There's a, I think he was an NFL player, was an NFL mm-hmm. player, um, who got frostbite on one of his feet in a cryotherapy chamber and actually lost a, a chunk of tissue had to be amputated off. And oh, so damn. that's the end of your NFL career. Um, and so there's the potential in a cryotherapy chamber that uses those super dry, um, super cold gases to harm someone. The cold water can't do that. It's not, it's not cold enough. Even though the thermodynamic properties of water will give you a deeper uh, and kind of a more uncomfortable, but a deeper therapy uh, in a shorter amount of time, it doesn't have the ability to harm you. Uh, really, the only the only negative outcome. There's two potential negative outcomes of deliberate cold exposure in water. Um, one of them, it doesn't even happen very often, is called chillblains, which is almost just like a like a sunburn, but it's a cold burn. And some people get this. Uh, I've only heard of a few people getting this after um, you know doing ice baths um, several days in a row. The other one is hypothermia. So hypothermia is a drop in core body temperature that can be very dangerous for us and it can, it can actually kill you. But hypothermia takes a long time to kick in. You would really have to be in there for like 20 minutes and you would be shivering uncontrolled. All of the alarm bells, the real alarm bells um, that are set into our mind and in our biology would be going off for like five, 10 minutes. Like you would just be uncontrollably shivering and everything in your being would be like, get the hell out of here. Um, And then as long as you're able to go into uh, a warmer environment, as long as it's not freezing in the room that you get out of the forge or the outside that you get out and into, as long as you're able to bring that temperature back up, you're going to be okay. Um, And that's that's just not the case with the cryotherapy, with the cold, the super cold, super dry gases. They just have that potential of, of harming a person very quickly. And then you like you don't get the benefit of putting your hands and your yeah. feet in, right? You've got That's, to cover the yeah. parts of you that need that therapy the most. Yes, yeah. yes. I like me some cryotherapy. Uh, you know, it's fast and refreshing, but it yeah. by no means has the same effect as getting in water. Yeah. I mean, when you mm-hmm. get in really cold water, it's mm-hmm. to the bone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not just like, woo, my skin's tingly. Yeah. You know? It's like, my femur is tingly on the inside of the marrow. You know? My arm hair is right white. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like, yeah. Uh, and then what about duration? How how long is the right time or your preferred time to, to get in? You know, I'm a, 
on average, three to five minutes. And it it depends on what I'm working on, but I try not to focus on time. So one of the things I do, I like to know how long I'm in there, but I'll set my phone out of sight. I push the stopwatch, I immediately get in. And then I trust my body. And when my body says it's time to get out, I say, no, it's not. We're going to wait a little longer. And I swear it's almost always three minutes and 34 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my body, just even when I'm like, nah, I'm going to push a little longer. Now I'm going to push a little longer and then I get out. It's like 3.34 every time. But there are times when I'm working on things or, you know, like if if I start to experience some leg or joint pain, uh, I'll do six or seven minutes. Just depends on what I'm working on, you know? Yeah. It depends on how many many ice baths have I had that day? How many have I had that week? You know, because all of those things can be factors as well. Uh, Are there times when you do more than one a day? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, especially in Phoenix in the summertime, yeah. you know, when, I mean, we just moved into our commercial facility in November. And prior to that, uh, us and our team, we were working outside 120, 125 oh. in our backyard. Mm-hmm. We would go throughout the day. Damn. You know, you start your day, you do it before lunch, you do it after lunch, you do it before dinner, you do it after dinner. So you could do three, four, five in a day, no problem. As long as your body continues to warm up, warm itself up, there isn't really like a limit. Yeah, I'm uh, probably in LA when I was at home and it was warm out. I'd probably do two, sometimes three a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially anytime I start to get sort of groggy and brain fog vibes. Like before interviews, I love doing an ice bath. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like my best self, super on point. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, then what's your duration around the same three to yeah, five minutes? Two, two to five minutes. Um, you know, when I was first getting into the practice, uh, I'd, I'd gone as much as 10 to 15. I was really kind of pushing myself uh, at those like freezing temperatures. Yeah. And then there was one yeah. day I did uh, 30 or 35 minutes, but it was warmer. It was like between was 40. 40, 40 and 45. Yeah. Um, and that was... I knew somebody was going to do that. I think that by this point we had decided we were going to make a product and I'm like, I knew somebody was going to do that. And I wanted that first somebody to be me. Um, so I could really see like what's going to happen if somebody gets in here and just tries to, you know, macho themselves into half an hour. Um, and that recovery was tough. It was painful. Um, but again, going back to the, the difference between, um, discomfort and harm, like I was not harmed. Yeah. Um, and so that was important to me to push it to that, um, at least that one time. Um, I did one like, of those too, yeah, about two to 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how cold it was, but it was on the colder side. And uh, yeah, my teeth were chattering. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I think I've proved to myself I can do this right. one time. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I, I think this around five minutes for me, I think, is usually yeah. when I feel complete, you know. But then again, mine hasn't been as cold. Now mm-hmm. that I went in y'all's, mm-hmm. see, I'm from Texas now. Uh, <laughs> You're acclimating. So Yeah, we've been there, you know, five hours and I've already said it three times. Yeah, (laughs) but after I did, I mean, not that I haven't done cold ones at home, but I don't know. There's just something about that that was different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was just hella cold. And I was like, yeah, I probably stayed in there, what, five minutes maybe? No, you were in there over six minutes. Oh, okay. And I think, and it was your second ice bath that day. So I want to credit you for that. (laughs) That's true. You have It had been like two hours before (laughs) I did did your bath over at Optimize. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 But I think the same with you. Sometimes I'll Mm -hmm. set a timer and often I just forget. Um, But I can just kind of feel when it's been around five minutes. That Mm -hmm. usually seems like the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see if there was anything else I wanted to cover with you guys while I have you so I don't regret it later. I wanted to tell you about Epsom salts in the ice bath. Uh, Magnesium. You can do that? Yeah. 
Jason, thought, tell them all about it. I thought you would rust the uh, metal. <laughs> no. Um, uh, uh, so, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've, uh, yeah. And we have an article up on our website. If you go uh, to the journal um, link, uh, where it's where all of our articles are. And we've, uh, Tom has done some work here um, with uh, magnesium. And because uh, uh, Epsom salt isn't salt, it's magnesium. Right. And so, uh, it can it can absorb transdermally. In fact, I, we were just listening to your podcast with uh, Ian Clark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About like the spray. I love the activation. Um, it's yeah, called yeah. stuff. What's it called? Ease Mag Ease or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's amazing. Um, and so putting um, the Epsom salts into uh, the forge, uh, we are finding um, there's some some good way of of soaking in that magnesium yes. um, um, transdermally. And uh, the article, uh, there's something in that article that Tom did about uh, how uh, it's it's just, uh, it just gets into where it needs to get into better transdermally than it does like orally yeah. or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's so cool. You can also it, get yeah. the magnesium flakes too. I mean, they're much more expensive, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's incredible stuff. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine was doing that with the homemade ice bath like I have, which is like metal inside, but mm-hmm. it's probably aluminum or yeah. some cheesy mm-hmm. metal. And he that, yeah. he oxidized and basically rusted the whole thing and it mm-hmm. got holes in it. So mm-hmm. I was like, mm, note to self, don't do that. But yours is thick, like stainless steel. Uh, the one you were in was stainless steel. Um, we do make them in the, uh, their zinc dip galvanized steel. Oh, okay, right. Um, which kind of, it tends to get like a patina on it over time. But it doesn't get holes in it so not far? yet i mean cool. yeah new company new products yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll <laughs> the, the no promises. you got a warranty the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the first ones in the market are just now becoming a little over two years old um right yeah so. that's cool yeah the r&d process right of seeing what yeah. lasts and what doesn't you start to find out but that's that's very cool because i love doing epsom salt magnesium flake baths and stuff mm. and um i just thought until Recently, I forget one of my interviews, someone was telling me, I think it was about like, um, just, yeah, it was about water filtration. Mm -hmm. And I was um, under the impression that you only absorb water and the chemicals in the water in your skin if it's warm water, because it was like, open your pores. And whoever it was, I forget, maybe it was Robert Slovak or one of the water experts. And they were like, oh no, it doesn't matter the temperature of the water. Water goes into your skin. Your skin's permeable. So that's cool that you could do the magnesium in there and still get it, even though it's not like a hot bath. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Shit, that's Mm -hmm. badass. Is there anything else I missed? The salts do take a little longer to dissolve. So keep that in mind when you're sitting down on the bottom. And even our zinc-dipped galvanized tubs, the zinc is in the water. And we found that there are benefits to that as well. Like it just makes your skin really soft. And oh, cool. Zinc is supposed to help with mood stability as well. Uh, so I haven't done like any scientific research on it yet. Yeah. Again, it's just pretty much anecdotal of these are the experiences we've had. That's cool. Well, it yeah. makes sense when you go in a hot spring, right? And the hot mm-hmm. spring, each hot spring has its own unique yeah. profile of minerals. Some have oh, a bunch yeah. of lithium, some have a bunch of silica, et cetera. And they do have unique properties, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. ancient peoples that use these for healing weren't superstitious. Like mm-hmm. they knew, go to that one over there and it yeah. makes you happy. That one relaxes you. That one makes your back not hurt. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, well, I think that's it, you guys. All right. uh, let me just check my notes, make sure I didn't miss anything. Do, 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 do. No, I think we got it. Just That's my second one today. I didn't even have to look at my notes and I got everything done. Yay, Brain. Well Well done. done. Thank you, Brain. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, really, you know, a pleasure to meet both of you. I'm so glad that 
you know, it was in the divine plan that I just got kind of stuck in Phoenix and got to come meet you guys in person because I've really been shopping around for an ice bath and also just finding a company to work with that I dig. And like, I would just be friends with you guys (laughs) if you were just two people that liked cold water, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's really, it's fun to get to know you. And, um, and I'm, you know, just such a supporter of your mission. You're doing something really great for the world. And thanks so much. Yeah. It's really, really great to chat with y'all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go, folks. We finally did the deep dive on cold therapy. And that reminds me, you know, I'm in this apartment here at the moment in Austin, Texas, where my lovely fiance Allison and I are temporarily living while we're doing some work on our new home. And uh, my Morosco Forge is over the house. And I got to say, I really noticed that I was unable to get over there and spend my three minutes uh, today. And when I'm done recording here, you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to head over there and take a dive in that ice water. And one of the things that I've really been appreciating about this particular bath, actually, is the fact that it does make ice. And it's really the only one on the market that does make ice. Now, when I used to have my homemade ghetto sort of uh, Sears chest freezer, it would make ice, but it was incredibly difficult to gauge how much ice. And it was also, at times, a huge pain in the ass to break up the ice in order to get in it. It would leave this sort of sharp uh, edge blade of ice around the edges and you had to be very careful when you got in, etc. Now it was cheap. I mean, I probably spent five to $800 putting the whole thing together, but uh, it did come at a cost in terms of convenience and probably safety too, for that matter. So the Morosco, man, is really winning my heart over. And I've been having a great time getting in that thing just about every day, especially as it gets hot and humid here at Texas, man. When I'm over there working on the house, I'll jump in there two or three times a day. It's just badass. And I found a little trick, and I forget if we mentioned this in the episode, but I put a whole bag of Epsom salt uh, at the suggestion of Jason in order to get some, you know, a magnesium sulfate uh, therapy while I'm in there, right? Everyone knows about a, a good Epsom salt bath. But he also said it would make the ice softer. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Let me give it a try. And I'll be damned it does. So my ice in the Morosco, even though they're pretty substantial chunks that form on the bottom and then float up, it's super easy to break up. It's not slushy like a Slurpee, but it's, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's a softer ice. It's almost like snow. Maybe that would be a good way to say it, like a like a real icy snow. And it's just incredible. So I go over there and... A big chunk might have floated up from the bottom. I grab a little kettlebell and just dunk, dunk, dunk. I break it up. And I have really grown to just appreciate not only the cold water, but I really like the feeling of that pressure around my body of being in the ice. And of course, the water is just absolutely freezing. It's just gorgeous. And it's gotten to the point now where... I get in there and I, I just take maybe one or two deep breaths and I'm totally relaxed. Water is probably 33, 34 degrees. And the really funny thing is after so many years of doing this, and especially over the past few years, quite consistently, when I get out, I'm instantly warm. Where I used to notice back in the day when I would get in the ice bath, it would take me sometimes quite a while, especially if I stayed in five or 10 minutes. I mean, I might be kind of shivering for the next hour or so and have to run and find a heater or get in the sun. And I don't know, I got to say, I'm just really, I'm really digging it. So if after listening to this episode, you think you might want to um, invest in your own Morosco Forge, now I'm going to warn you, they are, I think a couple of few thousand dollars, but I don't recall. 
uh, correctly. And that's not attainable for everyone, of course. So, you know, if you're someone who wants cold therapy, man, find a Russian banya, like a Russian spa, or uh, of course, you know, uh, climate and season permitting, finding a freezing or frozen body of water is the best ever. I mean, honestly, that's my ultimate favorite is just being immersed in nature. Um, of course, that's not going to happen in, in Texas in, in summer. So I'm not going to find cold water anywhere likely. So it's great to have the bath. But I always just like to let people know, like, you don't really have to spend tons of money to be healthy and feel good if you're willing to get out there and, you know, find some resources. But for those of you that have a spa, a biohacking center, or you're well healed enough to get your hands on your own ice bath, you can, of course, go to moroscoforge.com. That's M-O-R-O-Z-K-O-F-O-R-G-E, moroscoforge.com. And these guys were super kind to throw down a discount for you listeners. If you use the code Luke150, you get 150 bucks off a cold forge or the filtered forge models. And if you want to go for the big kahuna, the prism forge, a really nice one, uh, you can save 500 bucks with the code Luke500. So that's moroscoforge.com. And of course, you can find those clickable in the show notes. And on that matter, speaking of show notes, you can find all of our sponsors, including the Morosco Forge, actually, for that matter. But it just saved you a bunch of links. But in case you don't want to go on my site, you can go directly to theirs. Uh, but mine is lukestory.com slash store. And while you're there, make sure to check out the video I made with my Morosco Forge ice bath where Brian Hoyer and I did a test for EMF. Now, I was a little nervous. Anytime I get a new piece of technology, I'm like, oh God, I hope these guys thought of the EMF thing, right? Some people make really great healing products, but if they plug into something, you run the risk of EMF or having to have Bluetooth on your head or something like, for example, right here at my feet. Let me grab it. I've got something called the Happy, which is just the most badass mood-altering ring of a magnetic field that you put around your head or your neck. And I'm sure I'll do a show about it soon because it's just freaking amazing. But when I first got that, for example, you would activate it from an app on your phone and you had to use Bluetooth, of course, for connectivity. And then you couldn't turn the Bluetooth off. So I returned it. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to wear Bluetooth around my head. What do you think I am insane? I'm trying to get healthy here. Uh, and then they reiterated on the Happy, and they put it out much like the Aura Ring and the Apollo, two other tech devices that sync to your phone so that you could turn the Bluetooth off. So going back to the Morosco Forge ice bath and the video that you can find on my site uh, on the Morosco page in my store, I was like, oh man, I hope this thing doesn't have EMF because it's plugged in, right? And so Brian tested it with his super fancy expensive equipment and we found that not only did the Morosco Forge ice bath not produce any EMF that came anywhere near your body, uh, it also is incredible for grounding or earthing for those of you that are familiar with that practice due to an incredibly high DC current, which is a current that comes from the earth that you do want on and around your body uh, that's produced just because the whole thing's made of metal and it's filled with water and especially due to the fact that I put some Epsom salt in mine, which makes the water even more conductive. So that video is pretty cool. We break down the whole bath system, the ozone situation, how it makes ice, how it melts the ice and floats the top. And uh, more interestingly, at least for me, 
was the great surprise that it was zero EMF and also incredible for grounding. So super cool video you can find at lukestory.com slash store. I think that video would be in the biohacking section. When you go to my store, there's all of these different categories. One would be superfood and herbs, uh, food, uh, sleep, EMF, and one's just called biohacking. And that's where you'll find this video. So we, we spent quite a bit of time shooting it and editing it. It's a really cool video. I think you might enjoy it. For those of you that listen to this and you're like, wait, I, I can't visualize it. Show me. Well, we show you there. I want to thank our sponsors, beekeepersnaturals.com slash lukestory, bodybio.com, and justthrivehealth.com. And you can find all of those at lukestory.com slash store. However, if you want to go direct, go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash lukestory. The code there is lukestory for 15% off bodybio.com code is luke20 for 20% off all products and just thrivehealth.com slash luke where you will use a code luke15 for 15% off so trying to save you guys some cash here with the discount codes hopefully it's helping and like I always say and I'm going to keep saying it man I know a lot of people spend a lot of money they probably don't have I used to do this I mean I used to literally rack up my credit cards to buy products that I thought were good for my health now think about that like the implication in terms of the degradation to my mental health and my stress level. So maybe I'm buying some bulk ashwagandha to help with cortisol, right? But I'm creating cortisol by racking up my credit card, spending money that I didn't have at the time. <laughs> that took me a few years to figure that out and sort that out and become more you know, responsible and also just work smarter and become more resourceful where I um, could actually save up some money and buy something like an ice bath or some of these bigger ticket items. But I want you to know that, man, if you really want to be healthy and you're into biohacking and all this, it, it can all be found in nature through sun, breath work, prayer, meditation, getting hot, getting cold. Most of the things that really move the needle uh, can be found in nature. And that, of course, goes for eating food from a farmer's market, right? I know a lot of people gripe about the uh, cost of organic food, but that's because you're going to canola foods. That's my name for Whole Foods. Um, you know, farmer's markets are a great way to get food and you want to eat food that spoils. I think that's a great way to put it. I recently interviewed, I think it was, yeah, Dr. Anthony Gustin. That show will come out soon. We talk about uh, the keto diet and his trip to Africa to hang out with the Husda, Husda, Husda people. Uh, with uh, our former guest, uh, Paul Saladino. And he said, yeah, man, eating is super simple. Eat food that spoils, right? So that means like not processed food, not packaged food. Now I'm, you know, someone who eats a bit of packaged food here and there. I recently just got some uh, cereal called, uh, I think it's called Magic Spoon. Shit is delicious. And it, it doesn't spoil. You know what I mean? I didn't get it at the farmer's market. So I'm not perfect. Trust me, far from it, uh, you know, in all ways, but especially with the diet, I do the best I can. But I know that myself and most people feel better when you're eating clean animal products and, you know, plants that are fresh and local, whether they be fruits, vegetables, etc. I think most people do. So back to what I'm saying, um, you don't have to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars to be healthy. Now, if you want to optimize and be next level and be, you know, just feeling incredibly vital, well, yeah, then there are ways such as an ice bath or red light therapy or different things you can do to invest in yourself and your 
a physical being to increase your energy. And I probably do a hundred freaking things a day. And that's how I'm able to do all the stuff I do. I'm extremely productive and prolific most of the time. And I'm 50 years old. And there's just no way I could be doing that if I wasn't doing uh, all of these interventions and practicing the various modalities that I do to stay that way. So just want to let you know if you're someone who's like, well, I'm missing out on the party because I don't have the financial abundance at the moment. Don't trip. Just get outside. Integrate with nature. You know, think about uh, the stuff that is about to be talked about um, in, in a future episode. I can't forget if it came out already. I'm getting mixed up with my numbers, but uh, Mr. Boyd Vardy, the lion tracker. I mean, I talked to that guy and it's like, oh, all you got to do is just get outside and interface with nature and the natural world and realize that you are not separate from it, but rather woven into it, into the fabric of life. And in there, in that fabric, is where we find the energy and vitality and really happiness. So that is my sermon at the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Lifestylist Podcast. As always, I will close by saying, if you enjoyed this show, please do myself, yourself, your friends, and our guests a favor and share it far and wide. See you next week.